Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. If you're an avid indie gamer, there's no doubt you've heard of the lightning fast first person shooter Neon White, which is getting amazing reviews from everyone. I'm so excited because I play Neon Red, but I'm even more excited because today we have the game creator, Ben Esposito, as well as the game producer, Geneva Hodgson's. And I want to welcome you to the show. Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, okay, spoiler alert. You guys are a real life married couple. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's amazing because my husband and I have different last names too, which is cool because you can mm. kind of be incognito when you're, you're like... Oh, Professional name. Yeah. Yes. Are we colleagues or are we more than that? <laughs> so how did you guys meet? Wow. It was at a party. Uh-huh. It was actually at a Sonic the Hedgehog themed Valentine's Day party. Oh, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it was great. It was kind of a mix of a lot of my friends who are video game people and a lot of Geneva's friends who are comics and animation people. Uh-huh. And everyone can bond over Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tails to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> so was it love at first sight or? It took a little while. Yeah, we were friends for a while. Yeah, we, we became really good friends. Yeah. Amazing. And is this the first time you guys have actually worked together? No, actually, we worked together on a little game called Tattletale. Yeah, Tattletale. It's a indie horror game that came out in 2016. Was that your first game? That was, no, not the first game I worked oh, wow. on, but okay. it was the first game I released independently. Wow. Like, yeah, because that team was me, Geneva, and our friend Tom. And we made that, yeah, in 2016. And it's a, I don't know if you, if you haven't heard of it, it's a Furby inspired horror game. <laughs> so you have to take care of a little purple. Uh, cute little creepy doll and you have to kind of uh, survive the night while he's crying and attracting a more scary creature around the house. Oh my gosh. Where did you come up with that idea? Where did we come up with that? Well, I was pestering you to make a Christmas horror game for like months beforehand. Right. Yes. (laughs) It was a Christmas horror game. for each other. (laughs) Geneva's got all the good ideas. Uh, That's the same thing as uh, with Neon White where Geneva turned to me and she said, Neon White. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, that would be a cool name for a game, right? <laughs> so the it kernel was the name. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, she just randomly blurted out the name. And then we figured out what it was after that. Yeah, we were like, well, he'd be really cool. He would be an assassin. Uh, maybe he'd be in heaven. We just got really excited about the idea of an assassin in heaven. Um, yeah, we came up with the premise within like five minutes after that. And then we were just like, oh, that'd be cute. But, you know, whatever, maybe someday. I don't know. And then we ended up making it because it was it just like stuck around. Oh my gosh. So how long before when you when you had the idea to actually making the idea? How long was that process? When was when did you come up with that idea? I want to say the words neon white came out of my mouth when we were on our way home from a trip to Sequoia in okay. 2016. Whoa. Maybe for neon white? I think so. Wow. So it must have been kicking around for a few years then. And then I had a prototype for a game that was somewhat similar to what ended up being Neon White. And we we weren't sure what the theme would be. Uh-huh. And then I was kind of like, I was about to drop the project because it wasn't working out. And then we figured out, you know, oh, this should be a speed-based game. This is really cool gameplay. 
And that's when we were like, oh, we should just make it neon white. That would be awesome. Boing. And so, yeah, that's when the two, the, like the theme and the gameplay merged. And that was 2019. That's so amazing because, you know, I don't know if you've read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic or are aware of this concept, mm-hmm. because I, as soon as I read this in the book, I was like, yes, that like ideas are out there and, you know, they come up and they kind of knock at you. you know, like, <laughs> Can I come through you? Are you open? Are you an open channel? And if not, they go on to the next person, which is why a lot of creatives have a similar idea and at the same time. And you're like, oh, I, that was my idea. It's like, well, you didn't answer the phone. You know? we, we've been talking about this concept a lot where two people will generally get the same kind of idea at the same time. Yeah. And sometimes you see like two movies come out that have kind of the same premise, but they are done in different ways. Yeah. It's like there's something in the air like at certain times when, yeah, if you're receptive to it, it'll hit you the same time it hits someone else. And I feel like this game is so in the zeitgeist. I mean, I, from the first, <laughs> when I picked up the sides and read it, I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> wow, it really resonated. And it just was, has cool. I would say it was the first thing I was like, this looks cool. <laughs> what did you think about Red? When oh, I loved Red. I was like, <laughs> I, yeah, but I, okay. So I read for Red, Violet and Gabby. I also like really liked Gabby. My read for Gabby, I, I felt like it was just like really fun. But Red, I was like, she's my girl, you know, <laughs> like you, you just, you know, characters come out and sometimes you surprise yourself and sometimes they just more feel like home. Mm-hmm. And this one more felt like home. I was really? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember auditioning for this and like getting really excited. Uh, I mean, you can really feel that it feels like home because if if you don't mind me complimenting you on the air, uh, like I really, uh, I was nervous about casting Red because she's, you have to love her so much and she has to be this very specific balance of like kind of wry, a little weary and very like otherworldly beautiful at the same time. And when we heard your audition, like right away, I was just like, like antennas, you know, pricked up. I was very excited about it. Uh, It's interesting. Yeah. It's like just my normal voice, but you know, the essence, right. The different qualities and characters that people bring. I was like, because she is kind of a femme fatale. I've done a lot of femme fatales, but some younger and she's kind of more mature and, and has, yeah, that weariness. So, (laughs) you know, this day and age as a mom, (laughs) which by the way, so funny, you guys were going to come on the show a couple months ago oh and God. had to cancel last minute because uh, you went and had a baby. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so congratulations on being parents. Thank you. Thank you so much. How's that been? I'm having a big game release at the exact same time as a big <laughs> life event. Okay. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't advise launching a game and having a baby at the same time. Do, uh, no, like, do. Separately, both great, yeah. but near the tw- near the two shall meet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little, it was a little rough, but it was gr- it was great once we got the hang of everything, and once the game was finally out, and mm-hmm. we got to like kind of breathe that sigh of relief of like, okay, it's in the world. But it yeah. was literally, I remember reading the press release from Nintendo, and then did that happen the same week or like the same two weeks? <sighs> so <laughs> the game was submitted to Nintendo, which is done in advance of it releasing. Uh-huh. The game was submitted to Nintendo on the same day that our son was born. <gasps> so like that, the email went out the same day that he was born. It was literally like an hour later. Like, like Ben sent blocked. the email, he oh pressed send, and then my water broke <gasps> within the hour. It was... <laughs> <laughs> oh you, we couldn't help but laugh. Yeah. It was just, wow. it was pretty funny. At least it was an hour after. 
after and not an hour before. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Like, oh my god. In an Uber, like I'm busy, honey. Free. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we were thankfully able to just put it aside and not think about it for a few days. Wow. Wow. And the fan response to this game has been incredible. How fun. Were you surprised? Yeah, like we loved the game mm-hmm. and we knew it was a blast and we loved the characters and we loved the gameplay. And but we knew that like, you know, the game's not really oriented to like everyone the same way that you know my last game donut county was meant for like adults and kids to play together mm-hmm. it was kind of like an all-ages thing man white is more like four know, freaks by freaks that's <laughs> why we say that yeah it's like we want to we we wanted to hit the people who is for as hard as we could and as genuinely as we could and it seems like we totally did that <laughs> yeah yeah and there's even a discord server where fans gather and hang out and talk about the game and mm-hmm. more about the game play the game 24 7 wow. <laughs> they're great it's yeah amazing. they're it's a blast to be part of that have you done any q a's on there or anything we have like a channel where they can ask us questions oh. we try to answer questions when we can but also yeah. like we want to maintain a little bit of distance because it's also like their community it's not mm-hmm. just Right. Where would mommy and daddy like <laughs> in the discord? Talking no, I'm pretty to sure I'm mommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like you want people to have the freedom to create their own community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to tell people how to enjoy things too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do it more. <laughs> Better, bigger, faster now. Yes. So yeah, people would say your other game, Donut County, was mm-hmm. chill and wholesome. Like, Donut <laughs> Get it, everybody? Yeah. And so so and and now this is like such a, a different fan base. Mm. But a lot of people, you know, that articles that I've been reading and stuff, people are saying like it's my game of the year and like that's amazing. Yeah, and and the gameplay is so smooth and stuff. Are you guys playing actively or have you just played the crap out of it? And you know, <laughs> I mean, I still enjoy yeah. the game for sure. Like mm. I, as a part of making the game. One of the last things I did was I replayed it and I got the best medals that I could for every single level. Uh-huh. And in the game, there's like bronze, silver, and ace me- a golden ace medal. But there's one that's secret. That's a red medal. The red one. Yeah. And if you get that, that was my best time right before we shipped the game. Oh However, whenever I go back to the game, I get a better time and I'm like, oh. I want to update this. (laughs) You do. And like, who's getting the fastest times now? Are people just... Oh. Is it crazy? Are they totally beating you? I can't even compare. I Look, when I do my best, I'm like number 800 on the leaderboard. But that's like going up. Like that is not getting... I'm not getting better at the game than people are. There are a lot of people who are extremely good at video games. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just take one glance at YouTube to see the mind blowing down. (laughs) It's a lot. So kids, sharpen your thumb skills. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So people who aren't into video games or know nothing about the industry might not understand the difference between an indie dev or like, you know, a studio game. I'm not even sure that I understand the difference, to be honest. (laughs) Can you explain that to me? Yeah. So the term indie game developer is kind of outdated now because there's kind of a much more broad spectrum of people making games at a small scale. Yeah. So like, for example, you know, Donut County was made by a team of mostly one with like a handful of other people helping out every once in a while. But literally one person coding like... Yeah, literally that, one. That's well, mind blowing. It took me six years. <laughs> that's wow. why. Wow. But yeah, so that's like on the smallest scale. But mm-hmm. also, I had a publisher, and so they mm-hmm. were able to help out. You know, porting it to different consoles and stuff. So you know, indie used to mean no publisher. You did it all yourself, like Indiecade. 
like yeah it's like independent of the system essentially uh-huh. and you know there it's become a lot more fuzzy recently and so you know you have these super tiny teams that do team up with publishers because they can have a much bigger reach but the game is still like this little weird authentic nugget that you know one to five people made wow. and so neon white's much bigger than donut county and neon white had you know 18 different people touch the game at certain points still though <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah and then different different sized teams at different times but uh-huh. yeah it, it's been really cool to scale up to that point i think we're still in the indie echelon yes. you know we don't have like 100 or 400 people working on it and you guys are working on it together right so mm. it's i mean i don't know if who pays who <laughs> 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 but the, you know you have the help and support actually funnily enough you guys brought in a lot of people you've previously worked with can you talk a little bit about that for neon so geneva you worked on okay ko I did. As well. And some of the people from that show have gone on to work with you on Neon White. Yeah. I mean, well, the writer of the game, Ryan Shannon, she was a very important part of OKKO. She was a storyboarder and writer with me uh, on the team for... She was on there the whole time too, all three seasons. Wow. And she's incredibly talented and she has this knack for characters and she also like has this talent for like over the top writing and she's also very funny and her tone was just perfect for this game like as soon as we had the ability to bring her on i was really thrilled to to have her on board and yeah. her insight is just super valuable so ryan obviously a really important part of the game but also ian jones cordy my old boss is the voice of neon yellow <laughs> how it comes full circle <laughs> but yeah it was it was so much fun to work with both of them again i mean if i could work with okko people forever i would I, I love them so much i miss them so much and also lots of people from OKKO worked on the animated intro to Neon White. (gasps) The anime intro. Mm -hmm. That was so cool looking. Yeah. Several of my colleagues from OKKO worked on the animation itself, like Jeff Liu and Max Collins, Kofi. I don't know. I'm just, I could talk on and on about how great everybody who worked on (laughs) that was. Like, I love everyone from KO. They're all so talented. Yeah. It's so amazing. And uh, did you also bring in any previous people that you'd worked with as well? Oh, lots of yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, some of my best friends are also game developers and we go back years and years. We went to college together. So where'd you go to school? Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in upstate New York. Fantastic. <laughs> Oldest engineering school in the country. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I made a few friends there that we've kind of, we've been working together for years and years. So my friend Russell Honors, he was a good designer programmer. He's like a jack of all trades too. So he helped out with the game. And, you know, our, our friend Tom was also, you know, additional programming and stuff like that. But I also got to work with a lot of new people, which was really nice. And yeah. I wanted to work with people who were kind of newer in the like design world because it was we wanted to get people who like one had kind of a fresh take on things but two like I feel like I got kind of lucky in indie games where like I was kind of selected out of you know Mm. out of nowhere to come work in LA from New York and you know a lot of people helped me out along the way and so what I wanted to do was like build a game with people who are kind of new and give them some experience and the sense of like, here's what it's like to design levels for a video game. And so it was, it was really, really fun to work with new people because they were just so excited and they had brought so much energy to it. Oh my God. Hey guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, 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 
please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. So, well, is there any talk of a, a sequel or like a <laughs> new game? Because it's getting so much love. We love that it's getting so much love. But right now, there's no plans for, for so sequels. fans, write, write in and say, here, and <laughs> in Geneva. <I> would like <laughs> so let's talk about the music by Machine Girl. Because yeah. how cool is that? You have a, a whole album for Neon White. And we have to get some of those songs on TikTok, by the way. I was like, I'm trying to find some of I can't find them. But how did that collaboration come about? Yeah, that was... We were talking about the soundtrack a few years ago and originally I was going to do it myself when it was mm. a smaller game and spit take <laughs> <laughs> just because I was going to do it doesn't mean it was going to be good. <laughs> so when we kind of started talking about, oh, this is going to be a bigger deal. We're going to do voice acting. We're going to like really expand this concept. And that's when we made a list of like, who do we want to make the music for this game? Who'd be perfect? And you know, at the top of the list was Machine Girl, who's this band I've been a fan of since like 2015, I think. Wow. And, you know, they had put out an album that was kind of in the right vibe for what ended up being Neon White's music. Uh So we just sent them an email. We were like, "Uh, do you want to make a game soundtrack? And they were just like, sure. Awesome. Like, it's so funny. Every time. Yeah. Like, every time we work with musicians, like, it's funny how excited they are about the idea of working on a video game. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's just a different challenge and, you know, it's a totally different mindset. Yeah. And think about it. If you want to get in someone's head, if you want your music to be stuck (laughs) in someone's head, put it in a video game. I wake up in the middle of nights and nights. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God. Yes. I mean, how many? The Castlevania sound. Yeah. Which burns into your mind burns into your mind so. but that's cool that's yeah, amazing it was, it was a great great process and we did it over a few years it was like during the pandemic so they weren't touring really yeah so there was a lot more time to kind of just develop stuff and kick things over the wall and is that how you work you would work would they send something to you or you'd give them like a yeah it was kind of it was actually pretty interesting we started out and they sent over a huge list of unfinished music that was just never released Uh that was just totally irrelevant they were just like i don't know does any of this stuff sound cool and so we picked out like a bunch of stuff from there that were like Uh oh this is the right feeling like can you develop this and then so i would say by the end of it about 50 percent of the music was based on something that already existed that they just didn't know what to do with. Yeah. And then the other 50% was like scored specifically for the game. Wow. And have they given you any feedback about the game or are they playing it at all? <laughs> they didn't really play it until it came out. <laughs> you, guys, you guys need to have a party and then just like, it's everybody just playing the game. <laughs> We're just sitting around. Oh. Just sitting around like, dude. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, everyone was remote. So it was kind of like, it's hard to bring everyone together and like hang out. Yeah. And that was, I remember we were in the session and one of the coolest things about that was, I think that was the first time when sort of the entire crew was female. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was so great. Ashley Lambert, you, Ryan Shannon, the engineer, I believe is male, but everyone from production was female. And that was just so cool to have, you know, see that many women working in games. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about it until I think that you said something. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's kind of fun. I'd rarely been in that situation either. Like it was a new experience. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I first started doing VO for video games, it was mainly male dominated. And now almost every session I go to, there's at least one woman, but it's usually like, you know, maybe more like one woman, you know, <laughs> I mean, if I'm to be Period. honest, but now that was like, that was like, yeah, Ashley Lambert directing and you producing and Ryan writing was like, oh my God. Wow. This is so cool. Yeah. Those sessions were so much fun. I, I had a so great time. Fun. Yeah. Over our Zoomy Zoom situation. <laughs> 
So are you guys anime fans? We yeah. know the game is very heavily <laughs> anime influenced, so I'm assuming that. you are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like everybody who is of my cohort, like millennials and younger working in animation, like all of us grew up watching, you know, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who didn't watch Pokemon, right? right. <laughs> so. That's true. Yeah, you see the influence like in all the cartoons that are being made right now. And so it was really fun to just do it more deliberately <laughs> mm-hmm. for us. So yeah, we, we tried to tap into like a particular era of anime. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the late 90s, early 2000s. The tsunami, Yeah, the yeah. tsunami <laughs> era when those dubs were coming over to the States. And we were in the exact age group <laughs> yeah. to think they were really cool. Yeah. yeah. Neon is very infused with the spirit of tsunami, And I mean, we even had Steve. So <laughs> Right. So Cowboy Bebop, I heard that that was an interesting story about casting Steve Bloom as yeah, Ellen White. We we were just like, can we just ask Steve to do it? Is that okay? <laughs> and you know, he's a tremendous actor. And you know, not only was was he, you know, the voice of Spike, but also the voice of Tom from Toonami. So he was like hosting Toonami at the same time. And so I was like, yeah, you know, let's just wear our influences on our sleeves. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And so was it, I mean, was it just like an offer? You're like, hey, listen, can you <laughs> do, do Spike or, you know, do you have somebody like Steve even audition? You're just like, it's you. Well, we <laughs> you kind of need to hear it. We did want to hear it, but yeah. we sent it out yeah. first to Steve because if it worked out, it was going to be great. And we knew also mm. that like he was going to do a good job. <laughs> we yeah. were fairly confident that he was going to do a good job. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So now that you're here, what was the experience like going through it? How challenging was it like on a scale of one to 10? The whole process? The or whole what process. Are we about? It sounds very, very difficult. So that's why I ask. <sighs> it depends on what time you asked us. You know, for the first two years, I would probably have said not that hard. It's, yeah. you know, it's a game that really really benefits from being very gamey. So like we didn't try to break the mold in a lot of different ways. We broke the mold in very specific ways. And so when you make a game full of levels and, you know, like you put some art assets in there and it's like you kind of know how to produce a game like that. But once you start to layer in, like it has a bunch of first person shooter stuff, but it also has a story and there's like all these characters and oh, it has voice acting now. And there's (laughs) like, you know, tens of thousands of lines that have to get localized into like 12 languages. Like it started to add up a lot near the end. Yeah, I want to say that the last year was, a you know, it had an exponential growth of difficulty. Yes, (laughs) I would agree. Culminating in the birth of our child. (laughs) (laughs) Does your child have a controller yet? (laughs) He won't touch a video game. He's a a little boy. I have a boy too. Sons are the best. Really sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So it got, it got pretty tricky at the end, but not in a, you know, in an unnatural way. All games end up being like a huge chaotic disaster at the end. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, you know, did it come out at the time that you were hoping or was it? We ended how up having that process to work? delay it a bit. It was going to come out earlier, but we were also going to launch the game on Nintendo Switch at the same time as PC. Ah. And so we had a lot of stuff coming in hot at the time. But, you know, that was also the time we really made the decision to have the game run at 60 frames a second on Switch. And that is a technical marvel <laughs> to do something <laughs> yeah. like that. A lot of games don't even try because it's... It's a lot, a lot of effort. And we wanted to get it right because it's a fast paced game. So we wanted it to run really fast and to feel really good. So we ended up having to kick it back a little bit, you know, 
Thrilly State ended up, you know, being it was at a tough time, but it was worth it, I think, to make the product like really, really strong, technically speaking. And that's what a lot of people really resonate with is the gameplay and sort of the the speed of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives you like a sense of confidence to be like, okay, well, they made this run really good, so like I'll give it a chance and I'll see, you know, this is a game that's going to be demanding of me to play really fast. So if it runs really well, it's really smooth, then hopefully people like you know put themselves into it a little more. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have probably caused many a sleepless nights. <laughs> I mean, you're like wired when you get out. You're like, whoa, the adrenaline. I feel like I'm just jumping off a building here. Yeah, something that's uh, I've loved to hear is I've seen people talk about it sort of like having a Tetris effect sort of thing. You know how uh, when you play a lot of Tetris, you close your eyes and you see the Tetris? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I've, I've heard tell of people closing their eyes and trying to get through really fast. Oh my God, yeah, it rewires your brain. Yeah, yeah. You're always looking for the optimum path now. Mm. <laughs> That's amazing. So what is then, you know, you've created this just huge project and Geneva, you previously worked in animation. Are you planning to go back to animation now or obviously have a baby, so Yeah, right now I'm on a little bit yeah, of a break, a break, but yes, I do. I do plan to go back to animation. Yeah. I, I love it. It's my unfortunate one and only love. <laughs> <laughs> or fortunate. They are fortunate to have you. Oh, <laughs> I agree. And what about you, Ben? I mean, obviously now's the time to soak it all in and enjoy mm. the fruits of your labor, but are you going to, will you be on to the next indie game or? I can enjoy the fruits of my labor for like maybe a week. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, okay, that's good. Time, time to work on something new. <laughs> yeah. I, you you hadn't even like you, the game had barely been launched when you started working on your new project. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, and that's just what I love. Like I love, getting, you know, getting immersed in a project and really thinking about it super deeply. So this has been a great time because I haven't had a lot of like technical things bogging me down. So a lot of my time is spent like going on a walk with Geneva and the baby. (sighs) And we're just talking about ideas for the next game and writing. And it's been really cool and refreshing to like design something from scratch again. Oh gosh, you already just, (laughs) I I can't turn it off. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Maybe it'd be better not to do it, but I can't turn it off. Yeah. Great. Well, I am so feel very honored that you guys came down today to chat about the game and everything. I'm a big fan of the game and want to help spread the word however I can. And it's so lovely to actually meet you in person. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Yeah, yeah. this is great. Thanks for having well, us. Thanks, guys, so much. And thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Allison's Wonderland. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week.